1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. For more information, visit wwwfradercom academic. Today's Crossover Wednesday is also brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co., the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia, and they're giving away Bears Packers tickets. Check them out on social media or stop into their store for more information. Just tell them I sent you Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos is on the show today to talk about an uncommon opponent. And Ben Albright is going to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, a lot of you probably know Ben from, from Twitter, from his reporting, uh, and and everything he does Denver sports media-wise. Uh, excited to have him on the show. I've known Ben for a long time, and this is going to be the first time I get to have him on Locked On Packers, which is exciting. That means we have to shift our attention now away from week two it is time to talk about week three because the Packers have an opportunity to go to 3-0. and They are heavy favorites to do that. They are, depending on where you look over a touchdown, it opened in that 7.5-8, up to eight and a half, nine, 9 uh, depending on where you look. So this is clearly an opportunity for the Packers to take advantage of a team that isn't what it used to be. This is a Broncos team that won a Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, just a few years ago with defense. And right now, they are 24th in defensive efficiency, 26th against the pass. And the Packers just faced a defense with a better pass rush, a better secondary, and better linebackers. And that is weird to say because Denver has Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. But according to Pro Football Focus, those two guys who were outstanding last year have combined for just five pressures in two weeks. Zadarius Smith had five pressures on Sunday. So that tells you the, the disparity in where they normally are and where, where high-impact pass rushers normally get to. And that's just not where they are. And, and so that is part of the problem. Their secondary is not as talented as it used to be. You know, when you lose Bradley Roby, you you lose Aqib Tlaib. Chris Harris is the only guy from that no-fly zone team that, that won a Super Bowl, and he's still really good. I expect him to shadow Devontae Adams a fair amount, if not the entire game. Bryce Callahan is dealing with a foot injury. He's yet to make his debut so far, and he practiced in a limited fashion last week. Thursday, Friday, uh, haven't seen him so far this week, so we don't know what the status is there. The, the Broncos are dealing with an injury at linebacker with Todd Davis, uh, and, and that would be a significant blow. So, you know, they are not the team that I think we expected to see. I mean, we expected this to be three really tough defenses, and, and Denver's defense was good last year. How much of that is an adjustment to Vic Fangio's scheme? How much of that is a lack of personnel continuity? How much of that is just a straight-up lack of talent for the Broncos? Uh, that's a reasonable question to ask. And then offensively, I think they're better than we thought they'd be. Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman have combined to form a potent running game duo. Emmanuel Sanders has recovered from a torn Achilles that happened late in the season. I mean, that happened after Thanksgiving last year, and he's come back and looked really good, caught the what looked like the game-winning two-point conversion against the Bears only to have that game snatched away from them, this is a Broncos offense that has been able to do some things. Joe Flacco, you know, is still Joe Flacco. There isn't much beyond that. Cortland Sutton has not stepped forward in a way that we thought he might in year two. But again, this is a young player uh, dealing with a new offense. So it's going to be difficult for him to, to take those big steps because you're expecting some growing pains. New quarterback, new offense, and and trying to get in that kind of flow as a young player can be difficult. This is a matchup Green Bay should be able to take advantage of. There isn't anyone on this team who scares you the way Thielen or Diggs scares you or who scares you the way even Allen Robinson does. I like Noah Fant. He's a player that a lot of Packer fans wanted, a tight end. He's a rookie. So if you stop the run game, you can stop this offense. And then And they have a huge problem at left tackle. Garrett Bowles was a disaster last week against Khalil Mack. Uh, And obviously, Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. But every time you looked up, it seemed like he was getting called for holding. When you're facing Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Kyler Fackrell, this this defensive front for Green Bay, that's a major problem for Denver. And it's not like Joe Flacco is very mobile. I mean, a statuesque quarterback and a left tackle who can't block anyone on the edge— that is a recipe for disaster if you're the Broncos. So they're a diminished defensive team. They're a hard-capped ceiling offensive team. And they're going on the road as heavy underdogs against a Packers team that is starting to get the offense rolling. The defense is already rolling. It's not hard to see why the Packers are clear favorites to get to 3-0. and Now, that doesn't mean it's a lock by any means. Of course not. They have to play better, and you know I went back and watched the offense. I wanted to see specifically the route combinations. I wanted to see if it was my eyes were were deceiving me or not, because on on the TV copy, it's always hard to tell. Are guys open? Is Rogers just missing them, or is it something else? And what I found was pretty consistently early in the game, guys were open. Rogers was hitting them. And then as the game wore on, they got a little bit more conservative about protection. And what that means for the for the passing game is you're doing a lot more uh, max protect. Or you're keeping a tight end in. You're keeping your tight end and your back in, And you're only sending three guys out into the route. And all of a sudden, the Vikings are able to cover three guys with seven defenders. Well, that makes it a lot easier to defend. Early in the game, you think about that Geronimo Allison touchdown. The Packers were able to get coverage looks that freed up Allison gave him space to the post. He gets inside and it's a touchdown. Well, when you don't have other guys out there to take up space and eat up defenders, it's like spacing in basketball. It's a lot harder to get to the rim if they're not going to defend the three point shot. So if they're only going to send three guys out on the route, it's a lot harder to find open space because they've got a ton of defenders out there to defend that space. And so I don't know if that is a factor of, well, they're just trying to protect a lead or they really thought that they could hit some more of these plays because Minnesota decided we're going to play two deep safeties. We're going to let you run the ball. We're not going to let you beat us deep. And Green Bay didn't have a counter for it. Now, this is something we talked about yesterday in building up an archive of how teams are going to defend you. So now you've seen what Chuck Pagano is going to do. Now you've seen what Mike Zimmer is going to do. And this week, you get to see what Vic Fangio is going to do. That's three respected defensive coaches. It's two really talented defenses and a third defense that was really good last year that still has plenty of talent on it. And you're going to see how they play you. It's going to make your offense better long term because that those data points are useful in trying to put together scheme moving forward. So I like this matchup for Green Bay. I think they can take advantage of where Denver is weak. It is certainly a matchup I like in the secondary, although I think Devontae Adams is going to see a lot of Chris Harris. You know, you're know, you going to hear me tell Cody, I think Devontae Adams is matchup proof. You put him against any corner in football, and he has the advantage because he's just that good. He is that effective. And you saw Chicago respect him with multiple defenders. You saw Minnesota respect him with multiple defenders. And when they didn't, Green Bay was able to get to that matchup and be productive with it. If you don't send an extra help defender, you are out of position as a defense. So how does Matt LaFleur then say, okay, then we need to use this thing or these concepts or this package of plays to get other guys involved, to get Trevor Davis involved, MVS, Geronimo Allison, Jake Kumro, Big Bob Tanya, Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, Aaron Jones. Would love to see Aaron Jones get more passing opportunities. I loved what they did with him in the passing game. I loved the swing route. They ran a version of the swing route twice where it was designed to go to Jones. One was specifically designed for Jones, and the other was slants to one side, and then you you throw the the swing route to the top with the vacated space from the slant and and say, I don't think your middle linebacker can get out to the corner fast enough. And then you had the wheel route that they didn't hit, but they could hit. I I like that they are starting to incorporate more of this and and my my teammate at Packer Report, Dusty Evely, did a breakdown yesterday where he was he was looking at a lot of the concepts and he said something that I have also said on this show and believe we haven't seen the full Matt LaFleur repertoire yet. This is not the full Matt LaFleur offense. It's coming. And they they brought a little bit more in week two. I think we'll see a little bit more in week three. And then by Week four, week five, week six, the system will be there. It will be in place and they can start building more counters and they can start really playing with what's already on tape because that's hard to do. Again, you can't counter if they don't know what's coming. So I think the more they put on tape, and this is weird to say, the more they put on tape, the more you have defenses reacting to what you're doing on tape. And now you can say, okay, we're going to work against that tendency and make you think with the illusion of complexity the favorite the off season phrase to build and and get defenses thinking something is coming when something else is coming and speaking of what's coming let's talk about blue chew now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed at BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom, Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue like the color blue. Promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading edge primary and specialty care research to find innovative cures for complex diseases and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands and you might just see things you never thought possible. Fredert and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: All right, let's get to our crossover Wednesday. He is Cody Rourke. He is the host of Locked On Broncos. You can also listen to him on Locked On NFL. Cody, thanks for joining Locked On Packers, and let's jump right in here. Cody, the interesting part of this matchup uh, this week with Packers and Broncos is while the Broncos are not a team that Green Bay sees regularly, their head coach is someone that Packer fans and the Packer team is intimately familiar with, uh, Vic Fangio, and is someone that that I had advocated Green Bay to go out and and hire as a defensive coordinator when they were looking for one two seasons ago. I think early returns. You know, after watching last week, I loved the aggressiveness with the two point conversion, trying to win the game there. They thought they should have won the game there. What are your early impressions of how Vic Fangio has, has taken over and, and potentially changed you know, whatever culture there was there in Denver?
3: You know, I think that's a great point, Peter, because, look, the Broncos, the, the culture change that's happened with Vic Fangio, it, it's not really indicative right now of the 0-2 record. You know, you, you start off with a Monday night football game, I think, really for the Broncos there when they went 0-1 against the Raiders. A tough, tough matchup, but I, I thought that they rose up to the challenge against a very tough uh, Chicago Bears team who Green Bay, and, and you yourself have covering over the years uh, as a Packers analyst, you know how mm. tough they are defensively. I mean, we, we talked about it all week long. Khalil Mack is a guy that had five sacks on Aaron Rodgers in the week one opener. You know, they got to limit that with Joe Flacco, the aggressiveness. And, you know, there was this kind of narrative that was placed out earlier that well maybe the Broncos are being too conservative with the coaching staff. Well, I I think Vic Fangio really kind of proved in that game against Chicago that, Hey, that's not the case. We're playing to win and, you know, we're going to deal with whatever results come afterwards. I, I like the aggressiveness. I like the, uh, The marbles that he had in terms of deciding, look, we're playing for the win. We're not going to play for the tie. And, uh, you know, I I think it couldn't be any happier. I I love what he's done so far in the locker room. Players have really taken a liking to him. And, uh, look, despite them being 0-2, these players, they're rallying behind Coach Fangio. And and that's something that we've seen from him wherever he's gone, whether it be San Francisco or Chicago.
1: Defensively, Denver just isn't what they were, you know, certainly in those Super Bowl season. But we haven't seen them take over games in the way that we're used to seeing. We saw Oakland take advantage of their defense in a lot of different ways. Is this a talent problem right now? Is it an adjustment period to a new defensive system? What is lacking here from Denver's defense?
3: You know, I think it's a combination of everything that you mentioned there, Peter, because look, the Broncos, the, the starters didn't get much playing time in the preseason. The same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we didn't see this, We didn't see Aaron Rodgers go out there and play at all in the preseason because he is probably the top quarterback right now in the NFL, uh, just based on where he's at, his ability as a playmaker. You know, I, I think the identity for this defense, they're still trying to find it. They're still trying to gel together. And what you saw from week one, and how this is how I always analyze the defense on a week-to-week basis – the same mistakes that they made in week one, did they make that in week two? No, they condensed it a lot. They, kept everything in front of them they didn't have some of those big plays over the top the only big play that they had was on a outside toss play by Corderell Patterson getting up the yard uh, the sideline for about 46 yards outside of that they limited the big play which I was really proud of but I still think that they're struggling without inside linebacker Todd Davis who's a veteran run stopper we've seen teams establish the run a little bit Josh Jacobs of the Raiders we also saw it last week with Tariq Cohen we also saw it with uh, David Montgomery as well they they were able to get some some decent runs about 4.9 yards per carry and sometimes the broncos defense you know was stingy they stifled up a little bit and they were able to get some stops but you can't do that i
1: want to flip to the other side of the ball though for the broncos because they've been surprisingly good i think offensively with joe flacco emmanuel sanders looks revitalized and the the two-headed monster in the backfield has been really good with philip Lindsay and royce freeman have you been surprised I guess I'll ask it that way, that the
3: offense has been this good through two games? You know, I would say, I don't know if the word is surprised. I'm I'm excited because you know this, too, because when Case Keenum was in division with the Minnesota Vikings, you know, there was that. But, you know, there was a stark difference between Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, and it's notable in how quick he gets the ball out, where he's deciding, where he's going with his reads. He understands where coverages are, and he's taking advantage of certain matchups. I mean, he came out firing against the Chicago Bears in the first series of the game. He was 10-for-10 passing on the first series. I mean, they were trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, I like his decision-making. I think Rich Scangerello is a first-year offensive coordinator. He's done a, a tremendous amount of studying. He's improved from week one to week two in terms of his play calling. I thought the Broncos overall against Chicago had a pretty good game plan. They called some pretty decent plays, and they tried to isolate some matchups against Kyle Fuller. Um, I, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this week when you take a look at you know who the Broncos are going to go against. You take a look at the secondary. you got Jer Alexander. you got Kevin King as well as cornerbacks. Adrian Amos coming over from Chicago. So a little bit of familiarity there with Vic Fangio, um, Darnell Savage. We talk about him playing in the backfield as well of that secondary. I I think that this is a talented secondary that they have on paper. You know, they're much more different when I look at this Packers defense. Can Joe Flacco come into Lambeau Field? On an Eastern Time Zone game, 11 a.m., where the Broncos historically have struggled, can they turn that around and can they have success against a defense I think is a little bit more stingy than what we've seen in years past with the, the Green Bay Packers? Now, you know, I think with Emmanuel Sanders, he tore his Achilles back in December of last year, and you could—I mean, right now, if you watch film, you go through Game Pass, it doesn't look like he's a guy that tore his Achilles. Literally, just no, it's, probably it's under, wild. you know, ten months ago. I mean, it's been very surprising his turnaround. It's been unbelievable. I mean, 11 catches, 98 yards. You know, he he wanted to rebound after week one. He felt like he slipped a little bit, never had his footing underneath him. And granted, you're playing on a baseball field. Uh, he just wasn't completely satisfied with his week one performance. And, you know, he came up big. I mean, the Joe Flacco throw to the back corner of the end zone with Kyle Fuller with great coverage underneath? I mean, somehow he just fits that ball in there and it was a big play by Emmanuel Sanders, and they go with him to the two-point conversion as well to get a 14-13 lead. I think we're going to see a big emphasis on him, but also I think you're going to see a little bit more of an emphasis going back to Cortland Sutton, wide receiver out of SMU, entering year two of his career in Denver. And I tell you what, he came up big for the Broncos on several big third and long completions, uh, receptions, and then he also had a big fourth and 13 reception uh, to kind of convert the drive a little bit and keep the Broncos moving. And the Bears at that point dropped back seven in coverage, and... You know there was three wide receivers, and he was able to find that open window, get past the stick, catch the ball, and uh, obviously get tackled. But these are the these are the types of plays that the Broncos have to utilize. But I think ultimately, Peter, for the Broncos to have success in the passing game, I think they have to establish the run early and often. I think that for the Broncos right now, the best option is for them to start Royce Freeman and then bring in Philip Lindsay. We've seen Lindsay start the last two weeks. He hasn't really had things going a little bit. Teams are starting to condense the box, the line of scrimmage for him. They're keeping the edge guys on the outside, containing him, and they're sending those inside linebackers into the A and the B gaps. It's really hard for him to get things going, so a bigger, bulkier back in Royce Freeman has been able to move the ball really well, especially out of the backfield too, so look for them to get things going uh, on the offensive side of the ball first off with the run against the Packers.
1: All right, we'll get back to Cody in just a second, but before we do, I want to talk about my... Bookie. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. That's great unless it's the Vikings. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the game even more exciting than to put a little action on them. And the smart money goes to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Remember, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. Right now, MyBookie is giving our listeners a special deposit bonus offer. Go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and they will double your first deposit. All of that and the best player perks in the business, the best prop bets, if you can think of a prop bet, they have a line of. On it. So go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code locked on and they'll double your first deposit at mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free brewtown is your number one destination in wisconsin for buying selling and trading sports cards and memorabilia here is how to enter you can go to brewtown store on 76th and cold spring just off 894 in greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention locked on packers while you're there check out the shop they're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from tops panini And upper deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events, so follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local, check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co., located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team
0: podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local
1: grocery store. I think when you watch last week, the big glaring red flag for the Broncos is wearing number seventy-two. At left tackle,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: So he, I mean, Garrett Bowles. A lot of a lot of people are going to have problems with Khalil Mack, right? So, I mean, David Bakhtiari had his issues with Khalil Mack, and for my money, he's the best left tackle in the league. But this Packers team is also, like Chuck Pagano, going to get exotic with blitz looks. They have a handful of rushers that they can put on his side of the field and and try and. Confuse him, try and get him to hold, try and, you know, get him to miss blocks. He's gonna struggle, I think, with these edge rushers. What is Denver gonna do here with Garrett Bowles?
3: Yeah, that's a great point. Well, right now they don't really have an alternative to bench him. Now right tackle, Juwan James has uh, experienced a knee injury against the Raiders. It's gonna sideline him several weeks. There was a theory floating around that if, in fact, when Jawan James returns, the Broncos do have an option if Garrett Bowles uh, struggles continue with holding and obviously technique where they could bump over Elijah Wilkinson the left tackle and have Juwan James a right tackle. But as of right now, look, the Broncos are going into this week with Garrett Bulls as their left tackle. And, and you know, Vic Fangio came out and said, look, he's got to be able to embrace. He's got to learn what we're teaching him. He's got to be able to open his mind to it. Emmanuel Sanders was more candid with his approach saying, look, you know, hey, we're going to be on him. We're going to be talking with him because, you know, you can't make those mistakes. I mean, four holding calls in a game is is way too much. And that, that sets you back quite a bit. especially when you have 10 penalties, 81 yards, and 40 of those yards happen to be on your left tackle. Uh, Definitely concerning, especially with guys like Darius Smith as well as Preston Smith on the outside. You mentioned the speed. He struggles against guys that have speed rushes, but he also struggles against guys that are power rushers. And I I think the biggest thing for him is – Understanding his technique, you know, when a guy, when the play extends a little bit outside the pocket, you can't turn a guy. You can't tackle a guy on a passing play. Those are the things we've seen from Garrett Bowles for three years that it's become a concerning trend that he's been unable to fix. He's had a better preseason, but this week two matchup definitely has a lot of concern for the Broncos going forward in this matchup.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, there there is – uh, some interesting parts of all of this, and and I love the idea of Vic Fangio getting to go against Aaron Rodgers another time. Uh, Joe Flacco, the last time he came to Lambeau Field, uh, ripped the Packers apart back in 2017 when Brett Hundley was the quarterback. So not going to be good memories for a lot of Packer fans seeing him back in the building. This is also, uh, and and younger listeners are probably not going to remember this, but uh, 97. This is a this is an old Super Bowl match. Brett Favre against John Elway. Now, we're a long way from that, but this is two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. Remember that. Two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks in this matchup. Handicap this game for me and, the, and where you think it's going to go in terms of who's going to win, what it's going to look like. Let's hear it.
3: If I had to give any kind of pinpoint indication maybe how this game will go, if the Broncos have a chance to win this game, it's going to it's gonna come from the formula of slowing Aaron Rodgers down, and you can't allow him to sit back and, and pick your defense apart. I think if the Broncos can at least get pressure and can generate three sacks at least on Aaron Rodgers, I think this is going to be a relatively close game. I think it could be in the span within seven uh, to six points in, in determining the final outcome now. Here's the deal. Here's the the wild card. If Aaron Rodgers has all time to throw and he could pick apart that secondary and the Broncos offense can't get things rolling, I think the Packers can hold on and win by at least two touchdowns in this game. That's if the Broncos do not show up on Sunday. It's going to be a tough matchup regardless. you got to hope that Vic Fangio's experience going against the Packers, going against Rodgers, there could be some adjustments that are made. But you have to ask the question, does Vic Fangio have the personnel in Denver that he had in Chicago? Maybe not necessarily to the extent of uh, certain positions. Uh, you got some in, inexperience and in, in youth at inside linebacker. You don't have the Roquan Smiths, the Danny Trevathans. You got to make hay with what you got. So I think it's going to be a big wild card. And this matchup, I think, can come down to the wire. Hopefully, it doesn't have to. And, you know, for from a Broncos side of things, hopefully they can come out and oppose and their wheel. But like I said, you love hard hitting football. And this could be a defensive matchup here uh, this week between both teams.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see what, what Vic Vanjo is able to do with. The Broncos defensively against a, a quarterback and a team that he knows relatively well. We don't know if Bryce Callahan is going to play. We don't know what the status is with the Denver linebackers, and and we don't know why Chubb and Miller have been dormant to this point. So, I think those are pretty big defensive question marks, given the the, the issues in the passing game. I mean, right now, I was just looking before we came on at, at the Football Outsider numbers. Denver's twenty-sixth against the pass in DVOA. That is that is just it is very atypical. I don't think that's going to last, but that is indicative of where Denver is right now with their ability to to stop opposing quarterbacks. And although the Packers have not quite hit their stride yet, I think, you know, they were they were on their way to blowing out the Vikings before a, a sloppy turnover from Geronimo Allison. I think the offense gets it going in the easiest defensive matchup that it's had, although I think Denver is better than those numbers indicate. I think this is this is something like 27-17 because I think it's, Garrett Bowles is going to be a problem for Denver. I think they're going to be able to pressure Joe Flacco. I think he throws it to the Packers at least once uh, and, and potentially more. And I, I have a hard time seeing, as much as I love Cortland Sutton and that's my dude and I thought he would have been a great fit for Green Bay, Uh, I just I don't see Denver having enough playmakers to to win a game like this on the road with the Packers defense playing the way that they are.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's going to be a marquee matchup, obviously, early in the morning. For the Broncos, it's going to be different. Like you said, can they buck the trend where they can't win on the Eastern time zone with the early 11 o'clock start games? They're going to have to find a way to overcome that. And, you know, I'm just thankful the Broncos don't have to go up to Lambeau Field in December, get it out of the way in September where the weather is still decently nice. You get to (laughs) avoid the snow, the blizzard. And I think that's going to make this matchup a little bit more interesting uh, for both sides.
1: I do wonder if it'll be a factor for the bears because I I have heard just anecdotally that it's harder to recover after playing at altitude for teams that come in and are not used to it. So not, not an issue for this game, but potentially one for the bears in week three. So, uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, and it is going to be a game where there's a lot of star players, especially on defense in this game, which is not something you normally say about the Packers, but here we are. It should be a fun time. Uh, Cody, this was fun. I appreciate you taking the time.
3: Peter, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to this matchup. I'll also be live tweeting the game as well, and I'll probably interact with you along the way, Peter, as this game goes on, especially if some of the keys that we talked about rear its head in this matchup.
1: Let's do it. I love it. All right, I want to thank Cody for joining the show. Uh, Really insightful commentary on this team that I don't think a lot of Packer fans are familiar with, but we did get to see them against a team that the Packers already played. And they moved the ball more efficiently against the Bears than than the Packers did, and you know I think there that happened for myriad reasons, uh, but I don't think that means that Denver has a better offense than Green Bay does. I I don't think they do, but uh, this this Denver offense is better than I thought it would be, and it is a it is a a legitimate next step for Green Bay's defense, and as I wrote today for Packer Report, I think. You know, one of the things that this this defense can do to take the next step to be considered that elite-type defense is start scoring. And it doesn't have to be pick sixes or fumble recoveries, but, you know, you get an interception inside the 20-yard line and, and you bring it back to the four. Well, you've basically scored points because you've assured that Green Bay is going to get at least three and probably seven. This is the kind of team against Joe Flacco who's going to throw the ball up for grabs, he's going to force passes, and who can't move back there. And an offensive line that has struggled to protect him at times, they're going to try and get the ball out. So jump underneath those inside routes, create pressure when it's third and long, and you should be able to get after Flacco. And on, on the offensive side of the ball, I think Green is going to have success against this team. They are going to have to find ways to get the other guys involved. That's going to be critical this week, so that's something that Matt LaFleur is going to have to cook up a little bit. We haven't really seen him open this offense up. We haven't seen him say, okay, here are here are these plays that I know are going to work, that are going to scheme guys open, and everything is going to be great. Now, part of that is because Packers the Packers have played some really disciplined defenses. That's not going to be the case every week. So this offense, I think, just sort of with reps is going to look better because against some defenses – These plays are going to work better. I mean, that's just the reality of playing inferior defenses, and and a lot of that stuff is going to iron itself out. All right, Ben Albright tomorrow on the show, and then our live stream on Friday. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find LockedOnPackers, and anytime you want to hit us up, on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.